towards the end. He realised that de Grasse was closing and Bolt did not want to lose the semi-final. He may have made it look easy, he may have had the smile, but he really had to work because Andre ran a fantastic, particularly last hundred. Knighton trying to come back at him, gradually clawing it back, but so is de Grasse. De Grasse moving clear, the Olympic champion is back, his first big win of the year, and that is special from de Grasse. 19.75, where has he pulled that one out from? At last, Andre de Grasse of Canada. Welcome to the fourth season of Courage Incorporated. Join me as we hear courageous and powerful voices who have the incredible task of directing the future with courage. I'm your host, Duncan Sinclair. Our guest today is a six-time Olympic medalist, the Canadian record holder in the 200 meters, and one of Canada's best athletes of all time. We're pleased to be joined by sprinter Andre de Grasse. While he continues to have success on the track, Andre is moving into a new lane. He's a philanthropist, an author, brand ambassador, investor, and proud father. He has a desire to inspire and empower Canadians to reach their potential. His new book is called Ignite, Unlock the Hidden Potential Within. Andre is here to talk about his journey to the Olympics, his new book, and his newest business ventures. Well, Andre, thank you so much for joining us today here on Courage Incorporated. As we kind of get into the interview, I, I should say right off the bat that I actually had the pleasure with my family of watching you run in Rio in 2016. And uh, we also had the pleasure of, of flying back on the same Air Canada plane together. That was a, a really amazing experience to be up in the stands and to to watch you out on the field. And I just share with you that that was a really inspiring time for all of us, my son included, who was uh, 16 at the time. So again, it's a real pleasure now to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you today. Oh, I appreciate that, Duncan. That's a cool experience. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was sort of the last time you and Usain Bolt were running together. So that was uh, that was a special thing to watch. And Andre, you've got a book that you've put out that kind of chronicles your journey to being at the top of your sport. Uh, it's called Ignite, Unlock the Hidden Potential Within. What do you hope people will take away from your story, your journey? Yeah. So when I first got approached about writing my book, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in at first. I didn't want it to really be a memoir because I felt like I wasn't really done my career. I felt like I have more to go. You know, I want to obviously do the Paris Olympics next year and try to gear up again four years later for the 2028 LA Olympics. So I felt like it wasn't the right time. I got to work with an amazing writer, by the way, Dan Robson. And, you know, we got to talking more about what can I make this book about? What can resonate with my fans and, and readers that, you know, want to get involved in, in my journey? We thought it would be more of a motivational, inspirational, empowerment story. Of course, coming up with the title Ignite, Unlock the Hidden Potential Within, it kind of tells that for itself. It's just, you know, really, I wanted to just try to give people tips on how I live my life and how maybe they can go about their life and their journey from a inspirational standpoint on the track. But I also talk about the lessons I've learned off the track as well and how I relate it to my everyday lifestyle. So I thought it would go in that direction. And of course, you know, going through the first couple of chapters, getting a flow for it and just trying to introduce the readers to myself. I thought, yeah, I can inspire the next generation or just inspire anybody that has a dream and has the courage to follow it. So it didn't have to be in athletics or, or track and field, but just the journey in itself. 
as a young man, you sort of started out with your first kind of passion around basketball. You know, in some of your early races, you were running incredibly well in basketball shorts and high tops, and then you progressed more into track as opposed to going down the path of being a basketball player. And I'm just wondering if if you, based on what you're writing in your book and what you've learned so far, if you went back to that teenage self, the young man starting out in this world of, of track, what would you say to him? And and what, if anything, and what you've learned so far in life, would you you say to yourself at that age, don't worry, this will be better, or hey, more of this will make the journey even easier. Just any thoughts on that? You know, that journey is just so wild for me, to be honest. You know, like you said, I never thought about getting into track and fields. Playing basketball was kind of my passion growing up. I have a chapter in my book, it's, it's called The Accidental Sprinter. And that's kind of where life kind of took a turn for me a bit. You know, all of a sudden, another opportunity kind of presented itself. And I said, OK, I can't I can't let this pass me by. I got to just try to figure out how to own it and make it happen and just go for it. You know, I think just bumping into my friend that day on the bus and him just coming along and telling me a little bit more about track and getting into it. So at that time, it was an eye opener for me to say, OK, let's let's go for it. Let's see where this can take me. Of course, I never thought about going professional or going to the Olympics at the time. I just tried to use it as another outlet or another opportunity to get a degree and finish school and and then just see where life took me after that. Yeah, it just happened out of nowhere where I ended up developing a passion for it. I ended up getting better at it. Even as I got better at it, I still, in a sense, didn't want to pursue it professionally or or seriously at the time. But just bumping into my mentor, my first track and field coach, Tony Sharp, he he kind of just gave me that motivation in that spring to say, you should really try to take it more seriously. You should try to, you know, use this as, an, as another opportunity for yourself. And you never know what places it can take you. So that was something where I kind of took those words of his encouragement. And from there, I just started getting better. I started winning more races, more opportunities came. My potential was rising through the roof and I got a scholarship to go off to a prestigious university in California with Southern Cal and things actually got real. And this is like no longer just a for fun thing. And I can actually pursue it on a high level. And I did that and thank everybody else around me for kind of just uplifting me and pushing me to get to those moments. Well, and as I think about that story, I mean, there's, there's, two, there's two themes out of that that I think are, are great. You know, one is you were open to possibilities. You had a passion in basketball, but you were open to the idea of Maybe I should try this too, as opposed to getting too narrow, too young. And, and the other, as you acknowledge, is the importance of having mentors. Your first track coach who said, look, you're not good, you're great. And you have no idea how great you can become, right? That, again, is just that, that sort of the openness to possibility and the people around you that help to make it real. And so I, I think it's a wonderful story of inspiration for a lot of us. As you say, it doesn't matter whether it's about sport, it could be about music, it could be about whatever passion, whatever talents you have in life, bringing that to the fore. And, and I think it's great that you've put the energy into writing a book about that journey for so many people. Oh, thanks, Dunk. Appreciate it, Dunk. <laughs> Dunk works fine too, by the way. Um, <laughs> now it's 2015 and you've got some really big endorsement deals coming along with Puma. You're working with other major brands. There's Gatorade, there's Subway. You know, as you say, there's that real sort of professional element along with balancing 
your work and being part of the Olympic team and so on. And now I understand you're kind of moving further into the world of being a venture capitalist, investing in new ideas, new products, new things that will really be a benefit to people. I'm just kind of curious how that came about, sort of interest in that aspect of of getting involved in, in, I'll say, the sort of the professional commercial side of your life. And what's your ultimate goal with the ADG Ignite Ventures that you're creating? Before I even got into that, um, I used to get approached by a lot of different companies to work with them. You know, some obviously based on performance, financial, other companies, they come with, you know, equity. And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't know anything really about that lane. I always was like, I want to obviously support myself and my family. So I need the funds. (laughs) As I got into it more and I got more information and got more educated, you know, you get a couple couple shares from this company and then you end up selling it. It could work out on the back end. It took me a while. It took me a couple of years. So in 2018, I got approached by this company, Plantiga, that's based out in Vancouver, Insole Shoe Company. And they wanted to offer me equity and shares. And, you know, I said, let's do it. I will endorse the product and you guys give me shares and we'll go from there. So as time went on and I got more comfortable in that space, I was able to use the people around me and my resources to say, oh, I think I want to do more of this. I want to, you know, I like these opportunities. I like these risks. It's fun to me. A couple of years later, ended up doing more companies. So it went to two to, to three, now to four to five. I was talking to a lot of people in the capitalist world, bouncing off ideas. And they said, you know, you should really invest in a venture fund. And I said, okay, what's that? So of course, you know, got educated about that, learned more about it. And I just kind of used my tools, the people around me to start it. And the ADG Ignite Venture Fund, uh, (laughs) so many companies now reach out. I think the day I launched it over, like my manager told me over 50 companies had emailed him and reached out that day about, hey, can you endorse my our product? So of course you gotta, you know, weed out the good ones and try to figure out what's good and what's not. But it was just an incredible feeling to be a part of something like that. Almost like my team when I'm on the track. Now it's like I have another team in that lane. So I, I felt pretty good about it and having those people around me kind of educate me and and show me this is something that we should look into. And now I'm just enjoying the ride and having fun and It always feels good to take your mind off of the pressure of of track and, you know, switch lanes a little bit and just find other things that you're passionate about. So this is one of the things that I grew fond of and enjoyed doing. And now I have shares in in over 10 companies and it just feels amazing to be a part of that and hoping that one day one of them just blows up and and it'll it'll be even more of a success because I felt like I was a part of that team from the beginning and Seeing the evolution and seeing them grow, that's something that I feel genuine to be a part of. Well, and what I love about it, Andre, is that as you sort of think about the organizations you're in, there's a thoughtfulness that it's that certainly as a venture capitalist, you're, you're there hoping your investment performs well. But there's also something about what it does that really speaks to you. I go back to Plantiga. I mean, it's it's really scientists thinking about how do athletes get better performance? How do they learn more about how they need to perform differently. What insights can you get from all the different things that are going on around you? You know, it keeps coming back to this theme. I see a a view around, I had mentors, I had coaching, I had support. Now I've got new coaches and mentors supporting me as a venture capitalist, but I also like products where I can see a purpose that's more than just the money side. It's certainly there's a return to it, but there's also a good to it. And I think that's a 
a great way of understanding the way that you're thinking about what this is a part of your overall life. And I think that's, that's really important. A particular passion of mine, Andre, is also the importance of women-owned businesses. And we've got 20 some odd percent of, of scale-up businesses in our country are, are run by women. They get less than 3% of venture capital. And so in my own life, in my own thinking, like kind of like you in terms of where can I lean in, where can I support, where can I help? I think there's lots of different ways that, you know, for different people, it will be authentic. It will be important to understand how do we help this next generation of entrepreneurs and this next generation of people that are trying to make a difference get help. And I think it's great the way you're thinking about it authentically to who you are and what's important to you. And again, I, I think it's fantastic. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's great. <laughs> I'm learning so much about this lane and that's something that uh, I'm passionate about talking to people like yourself. You get to you know, learn so much more about this entrepreneurial world. I know that in addition to your venture fund, you've also established a foundation. You're, you're, you, know, you continue this sort of focus on as you've been successful, how are you paying things forward? Are you, how are you helping others and future generations? Can you share with us a little bit about what you want your family foundation to sort of do to represent as, as you're moving it forward? You know, when I started my, my foundation back in uh, 2017 is when I started it. I always wanted to figure out a way to like inspire and, and empower the new generation because I just remember when I was getting into the sport, it was 2013 and I had made my first Canadian national team at the Pan American Games. And I just remember like, it wasn't a, f- a free trip. It, it had cost to it. And we had to find a sponsor to come on board to pay for the travel and the hotel and just all the accommodations and everything to be able to go perform. And this was a surprise to you know myself. I thought I made the team and I was going to get on the plane somehow. And all of a sudden I'm there and I'm representing my country. And that wasn't the case. There was obviously steps to it. And my mom not having the financial resources to be able to provide for that. And then, of course, just talking to my first coach, Tony, about it. And he was like, don't worry, Dre, we'll, we'll, we'll find someone that can help sponsor that trip for you and get you there. Because I think this is the stepping stone to proving to yourself and to others that you can bring back some medals for Canada. And this will help elevate you to go further. By him, you know, shout out to Tony, because he was able to find that sponsor to be able to get me to those games. And by me getting to those games, I was able to win bronze and, and, and a silver medal. And, and I think without me being able to accomplish that, I don't know if it would have gave me the confidence moving forward to be able to pursue the sport more on a higher level. Because by me winning those medals, I just felt more confident in myself. I felt that I was, I belonged, that I was one of the best in the world. Even though it wasn't a world championship or an Olympic Games, it was still like still a prestigious level to me to be able to be one of the top juniors in the world and bring back medals at the Pan American Games. So by that happening, it just kind of changed my whole trajectory about how I felt moving forward. And as an elite athlete, I was able to provide for myself and my family. I said, I got to, I got to find a way to be able to like do this for the next generation, because I just know somehow there might be another Andre DeGrasse out there. That was the first step of me starting the foundation, talking to Tony and my advisors to say, Hey, I want to be able to be that person or to provide for people so they don't have to go out and look for somebody to help them and be anxious and be nervous and having to have that stress to worry about how they're going to represent their country or how they're going to provide, how they're going to get spikes or track attire, whatever it is. 
teaming up with the Federation Athletics Canada and starting the Andre DeGrasse Future Champions Fund, it made it even better that the Federation was behind me because that made me feel like they were all going to come together to collectively as a team. And we're going to be able to provide for, you know, these kids. And that was amazing. Now that I look back and I look even now that, you know, wow, like we were able to sponsor so many kids and we're still, we're still sponsoring kids. You know, I think we sponsor right now about 10 kids per year and we have so many applications now. Kids need that help, need those resources to be able to go represent their country or not even represent a country, but just to even get into the, the sport because the sport can be an expensive sport. So I'm just really just excited about the future that the Andre DeGrasse Foundation holds we're going to be able to help kids on that level. And then now I'm just brand my horizon, just keep going. We were able to help sick kids. We were able to help in education, trying to give them the resources to be able to get a scholarship to go off to school. So all these different outlets, I'm able to spread my name. And this is something that I, I'm passionate about and I want to do. And it just feels good to be able to have that backing to be able to do these things. I mean, it was great to win all the Olympic medals in Rio. But just being able to do that and start my own foundation and be able to help the next generation, it still felt that sense of joy and excitement to me just as much as winning those medals. So I definitely want to try to continue to keep doing that good work. I'm grateful to have a good team around me, a great team around me that, that helps me pursue those goals. And what I think is great, Andre, is that, is that, as you say, it began with helping young people like me that needed help because of sport. Now you're thinking even more broadly around as you say, education, health, working with sick kids. So you, you've got a really, I think, broad view of, you know, how do I make an impact? How do I make a difference to people that are really in need in, in so many ways? And I think you're right that that is going to continue to be important as, you know, we have, you know, more and more talented people that they don't need a wholesale transformation. They need a bit of a push. They need a bit of a, spar a start, like as you said. My first track coach said, hey, man, this could this could be really great. You should keep going at it. And I, I think that's fantastic. And I do want to come back to the fact that, you know, you've you've got your foundation, you've got your venture fund, you've written a book for anybody. That's an incredibly busy life. But you're still an active Olympian. You're still actively training and getting ready for two more rounds of Olympic Games. And and I guess as as you keep thinking about yourself and what keeps giving you that drive, that determination to keep expanding and growing in all these different aspects of your life. I mean, how do you manage your energy and how do you manage what it takes of you to do all of these things and keep pushing yourself to a higher level? I think for me, it's, you have to have time management. Um, I have a great team around me as well that puts the calendar together and well, of course, it can get overwhelming, but I kind of just take it one day at a time. I know my main priority is, of course, to focus on my training. So that's priority number one. You know, nothing comes before that. We train five, six days a week. So that's that has to have most of my attention, my full attention, other than my, my family, my kids. It's just really about just organizing your time. And of course, there's not enough time in the day. It's only 24 hours. And, you know, I got to sleep <laughs> 10, 11 hours of that day. <laughs> so it's really half a day. Of course, you know, it's important to get rest. And I remind people when I was in college, I took a stress management class and I still take tips that helped me to this day throughout my life. I never thought I would have to use that because, you know, I wasn't an elite athlete as yet. You know, I was just taking that class as an elective and trying to fill requirements. But that class actually came in handy and it taught me 
so many things from a stress standpoint and just managing time. So by having that class and then having my team around me, when you combine those two things, that kind of just makes everything a lot easier. You know, when I was first getting into it, 2016, 2017, when I was first going professional and coming off of three Olympic medals, yeah, it was overwhelming. I didn't want to do a lot of things. Um, I, I said, this is too much, but I had to find a way to just manage all of that and say, you know, this doesn't last for a long period of time. You got to take advantage of these things while you can. Rest later. Rest when it's time. When it's time to retire, that's when you rest. <laughs> but you got to keep going and just keep pushing yourself every day. Just like when you're in training, like you're tired all the time in training, but you got to keep going. Like, you know, the next guy in front of you is going to push even harder or there's someone always coming for your top spot. So I kind of think of that in my everyday life where um, from a business standpoint or just from I have push myself to keep going and try to do everything that I can, whether that's trying to write a book or starting my venture fund, doing my foundation, launching my wine. I just, all the things I just try to just, I try to get it done, but obviously just try to do it in pieces and don't overwhelm myself. You got to keep grinding. Like I say, you know, my mom always told me, you know, you got to keep grinding, keep going. She worked two jobs when I was growing up. So this is something that I think I've learned a lot of adversity from her and just overcoming a lot of things. So um, that's something that I always just try to push myself to do as much as I can. Well, Andre, thank you so much for the opportunity of sitting down and having this conversation with you. I, I think it's been fantastic. And again, I congratulate you on your success. More importantly, I thank you for your desire and your willingness to sort of make the lives of people around you better and help to make a better country going into forward into the future and the way you think about future generations and the way that your talent can help so many people around you. So again, thanks so much for making time to be with us here today on Courage Incorporated. Yeah, thank you for having me, Duncan. I really appreciate it. Andre DeGrasse is a six-time Olympic medalist and the author of Ignite, Unlock the Hidden Potential Within. I'm your host, Duncan Sinclair. This podcast is a production of The Walrus Lab. Thanks to our producer, Camille Hemming, and our teams here at Deloitte. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and tune in again soon to meet our next Courageous Leader.